Did someone just emerge in a heated NFC West running game? How is Jared Cook going to be impacted by the Emmanuel Sanders signing? And should you still be drafting Julian Edelman over Brandon Cooks in Football Guys drafts? Plus four-time Football Guys and 31st place finishers in the 2019 FPC. Dave Avedisian and Jeff Hirshhorn drop by to talk about some of their favorite targets so far this summer in their high-stakes drafts and much, much more. We've got a great show for you. Dave Gerzak is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts Let's now. Let's begin now. New cologne on. Feeling so good. Change the color to my phone. Orange Kool-Aid goes good with Patron. Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts, Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. Thank you, Rob. Greetings and salutations to all of you, Balkaholics, Anger, Zach, and Addicts. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I am, of course, your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman, and my co-host is indeed the patron saint of fantasy football, the Dizzle. Dave Gerzak. Coming up on tonight's show, we're going to talk about Henry Ruggs' quasi-traffic accident, which could have been really bad, uh, whether Damien Harris stock just took a shot up, and Dave Evadisian and Jeff Hirshhorn will join us in about 15 minutes to talk about their 31st place finish in last year's Football Guys Players Championship, as well as how their strategy in the competition has changed over the years as well. Shout out to the chat room right now. We've got a full house in there. Feel free to post any questions you might have. If you want to connect with us on Twitter, the show is at HSFFR. I am at Eric Balkman. Dave is at David Gerzak. Facebook.com slash HSFFR and 347-426-3682. That's 347-GAME-OVA if you want to give us a uh, call tonight and chat with our guests or with us or whomever. Uh, you can also email the show at the inbox, football at gmail.com. If you uh, have questions for us, get those in right now. We'll try to get to all the chat room questions, tweets, and emails in the fantasy feedback segment coming up later on in the show. Our producer and mutual friend Rob, our audio engineer and best friend Bryce are working on getting those to us as the evening goes on. Live events are go at Planet Hollywood in Las Vegas. We are about oh, I don't know, a little less than three months away from the live events, but the FFPC main event, Early Bird, is not only active, it expires in less than four weeks. So make sure you're getting in on the best deal we're going to have for any main event teams all season long. $100 off your first team, $400 off each additional team after that. Football Guys Players Championship, that's been uh, a a huge um, to-do on Twitter and the interwebs and um, social media networking, so on and so forth. Everybody's talking about their Football Guys teams. We're filling a lot of them up, both in uh, in slow versions and live versions. $3.1 million prize pool there. Early bird promotion there is live, too, so make sure you're getting in on that, drafting, uh, buying a team before June 30th, drafting it before July 15th to make sure you are cashing in on that free $35 FFPC team credit. 
If neither one of those trip your trigger, hey, that's okay. We got Slim Leagues, Best Balls uh, active, Dynasty Startups available. Uh, we talked about the Terminator uh, that's coming up at the start of August as well. We got Terminator satellites for that as well as Superflexes and more at myffpc.com. So make sure you are getting in on that. Big show tonight is Dave Abadissian and Jeff Hershorn will be joining us uh, oh, in about 10 minutes or so. Big night, well, not a big night for me, but um, over the last five months, uh, I did not shave over the last four months, four months. I did not get a haircut. Dave Gerzak, I got both of those things done yesterday. And let me tell you, I feel like, and look like a new man. You look a lot better. <laughs> I, I, I didn't let my kids see me yesterday. And I took a video this morning when they're in the living room and revealed myself to them, you know, and I, I took the video, my daughter, I'm not kidding. It's like 12 seconds of her just staring right at me. She didn't move. Her eyes are locked on me. I didn't, I, don't think she recognized me at all. My son didn't care. Uh, but yeah, I, I feel better. Uh, my wife says I look better. My wife kept checking me out last night. We had a little bit of a date and uh, it was good. It was nice to feel wanted again, which was <laughs> just, I, I feel great. It's tremendous. I should have done this a long time ago. Listen like to pounds. Yeah, Maybe I did. I don't know. Maybe it's more than that. Uh, shout out to uh, football guys, uh, Roto World and Rob for tonight's rundown. Let's get into it before we bring on our guests here in a few minutes. Courtney Cronin, the ESPN Vikings reporter, uh, says that Dalvin Cook would gladly take an offer in the $13 million per year range. Now, I would take that, too. Uh, yeah, well, if you were Dalvin Cook, would you take it? Yeah, as myself. As yourself? Well, I, yeah, I mean, I would take a lot less than that as myself. Yeah, Dalvin Cook, yeah, for sure. He um, originally... Uh, Dalvin Cook's representation said about $16 million annually is what they're looking for. And if you remember, that sounds familiar. It's because Christian McCaffrey's uh, annual value of his deal, when he got extended by Carolina, it was right around there. However, uh, apparently it is, uh, they're asking for a little less than 15, but would settle for 13. Vikings were initially offering $10 million per year. Now, if we look at history here, Dave, before we get all in a tizzy about Dalvin Cook potentially holding out. Stephon Diggs, Xavier Rhodes, Everson Griffin, and Linval Joseph uh, in the last few years have all been extended the day before training camp has started. But Dalvin Cook seems to be uh, prepared to sit out the entire season and not playing in the final year of his rookie deal, and that would cause him to be a restricted free agent instead of an unrestricted after this season. Uh, so, so, so here we go, Dave. We're in luck. mid-June. We have to bring this up. I know how I feel about it. How concerned are you about taking Dalvin Cook fifth overall right now? Uh, not terribly concerned. You know, that, to me, it sounds like a total bluff just looking at, at you know, they're, they're negotiating, like, in, in public view as to what they'd be willing to take. Right. So it's not like they're, this isn't like MLB where it looks like there's a catastrophe going on. I mean, although each side knows what they want there. I mean, you're pretty much saying, oh, I'm asking for this, but I would take this. So just do that, and then that's good. I mean, really, it's, I don't know. How much more open book can you get? Where they publicly say, yeah, we were looking for 16. We'll, we, we, we were now asking for a little less than 15, and then they leak it out to Courtney Cronin saying, yeah, if they said 13, we'd probably do that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's an interesting negotiating tactic, but it is, it's a better way to get a deal done. You kind of say, you know, kind of like you price a house at, whatever, a million bucks, and you're, you really want to sell it at 950 or 900. So I, I, think, they're, I think they'll get it done. I, 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 would, I would imagine so too, but it's going to be a harrowing summer until they do for a lot of fantasy owners. Let's do a quick would you rather. Just uh, real quick, when, when did you say it was the deadline? When, when is that? The There's day? technically no deadline. but, well, but before One day before what? Before. Oh, in the past, the Vikings have uh, agreed to deals with a lot of their uh, free agents coming up on the day before training camp. Ah, uh, day before day. Yeah, sorry. Uh, all right, so Dalvin Cook. Okay. Him or Michael Thomas, who would you rather have this year? 
All right, Cook. Dalvin Cook or Alvin Kamara? Um, I'll still take Cook, I guess. I would take Kamara. Dalvin Cook or Miles Sanders? I know how you fall in on this. I'll take Cook. Yeah. Dalvin Cook or Ezekiel Elliott? I'll take Zeke. Zeke okay. and his cankles. <laughs> Man, they're muscular cankles, though, for yeah. what it's worth. It's, it's not like your normal run-of-the-mill uh, pork belly uh, cankles that we're, we normally associate that term with. Okay, so don't freak out about Dalvin Cook. Do you have any interest in taking Alexander Madison earlier than he's been going? I mean, uh, just as a hedge. I'll, I'll just, before you, you answer that. You have to find 11 other owners that have similar vibes to me. That, you know what I mean? Like, there's going to be someone in, the, in your draft that's going to think that Madison is like the golden ticket. That, that Cook might, right. you know what I mean? They're going to take him a little earlier. All right, so FantasyMojo.com, uh, anytime we cite uh, ADP for the FFPC, that's where we get it. You can go to FantasyMojo.com, sign up for that. We have to pay him royalties when we mention Exactly. Yeah, super, by the way, uh, not very expensive at all. In fact, I would say it's, it's just like Mad Magazine, Dave, 50 cents, cheap. It should go up. He should charge <laughs> he more. He should charge more. That's right. And I appreciate the Mad Magazine reference. I would say that for all the people uh, who play FFPC, I've heard so many of them say, like, if you're playing football guys or FFPC, you need to get a Fantasy Mojo subscription. And I totally agree with that, by the way. Okay, so over the last four days in the Football Guys Players Championship, Alexander Madison has an ADP of 801. You are staying away at that spot, correct? That seems, I mean, it seems really rich for me. I, I, for me too. Yeah, I'm not. I mean, he doesn't really. He doesn't have much standalone value if if Dalvin Cook doesn't either get injured or hold out, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, he has a little, but I mean. It, and and um, I'll I, I'll ask your feelings on this, but for me, if I took Dalvin Cook at like the 107, which is where he's currently going right now, I wouldn't necessarily feel really compelled to draft Madison, especially in the Football Guys Players Championship in the eighth round. Uh, I would probably look at it, but I mean, yeah, at that point you're still drafting starters, and it sucks to have to do that to draft a, a, back, a backup. To I mean, the, to, yeah, he could be your number three running back, well, or maybe your number two. two. You're not. I mean, the only way you could I, one argument you could make though is if if it's pick, you took him at five, and it's pick eight oh what eight oh eight or eight oh uh, yeah. If it's pick eight oh eight and it's a little bit past his ADP, then you could take him. But I mean, you, you really don't want to take him at the seven oh five. You don't. You know, that's your other choice, right? To guarantee you get Madison with Cook. You have to take him in the seventh round, which is like seven picks, ahead, eight picks ahead. Jeff Hirshhorn and uh, Dave Avedizian are coming up here in the next few minutes, and, and we'll have to ask them how, how they sort of handle situations like that. Not necessarily Cook and Madison, but uh, starting running back in handcuffs, especially when they're going that high as well. Uh, let's get to uh, another running back situation. Daryl Henderson, according to Jordan Rodriguez on Twitter, said that his rehab for his uh, ankle that he had surgery on is apparently going well. He's been rehabbing at the Rams facilities and making good progress. But this injury happened six months ago, and to be rehabbing it right now to me in mid-June, a little bit of a concern. Now, he says he's going to be good to go for the in-person camps and, and training camp this year. He's obviously going to have a, you know, a, a shot at winning the, the starting job over Cam Akers and Malcolm Brown. Sean McVay seems to be leaning towards a committee situation. Cam Akers, I would say, Dave, according to FFPC drafters, um, are uh, – suggesting that Akers is, is, is going to lead him in carries. I'm kind of done with Daryl Henderson redraft and dynasty. The fact that he's still rehabbing this ankle, I think Akers and, and even Brown can leave him in the dust this year. I'm sorry. So what's the question? Well, Those are statements. Okay. I, yeah, so I just wanted you to chime in on it. Henderson, um, to me, is a guy that they, I was super excited about last year. Didn't really do much. Um, they didn't let him on the field much. 
and now this year they, they sink even more capital in the Cam Akers. They still have Malcolm Brown there. And my, I, I, I guess for me, I'm kind of done with them in Dynasty. I'm done with them in redraft. I won't be selecting them this year. I don't know how you feel about that. Daryl Henderson currently going at the 10 weight in football guys' drafts. Well, I, would, I don't mind Daryl Henderson as a possible flyer. I mean, it's, get, it's getting kind of later at that point. Um, Akers going in the mid-fourth, you're really you're, – not that he's priced for perfection because he could actually really crush it, but – he still is a rookie back. I mean, they drafted him. They spent a lot of draft capital on him. So um, I could see that. One thing I could see there is pairing those two up. But then you still have to deal with Malcolm Brown. Oh, yeah. And then there is a chance that they do all split carries, and so who knows. You know, let, let's explore that a little bit. Akers actually going in the, in the mid-fifth right now. Uh, um, Daryl Henderson going in the tenth. Malcolm Brown going super late, Dave, in the um, 17th. You would not have to sink a whole – I mean, you'd have to sink something, I guess, you know, Three 15% spots. of your of your draft. Would you do that to lock up the Rams' uh, running game and just kind of see not, how not, it plays out? Not and then... in the manager league, no. Okay. You know, basketball, I guess, if it, all, if it kind of worked out nicely, I, I would. But then, you know, again, most of the time, you know, how many running backs are you going to take? You know, it's, let's say you take seven. So are you going to take three on the Rams? I mean, that sucks. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't really like that idea. I, I mean, it's, I think you hit the nail on the head. It's different when you're doing it in a 12-team closed league, when you're trying to win you know, $500,000 in the Football Guys Players Championship, or the FFPC main event may not be the um, strongest move. I guess I always, in those contests, I tend to – I was talking – who was I talking to about this the other day? I think it was Real Talk Raf from Rotoballer Radio, and I said I, I think a lot of players, high-stakes players, tend to ignore floor – um, in, in those situations when it gets to be deeper on in the drafts and just focus totally on ceiling. And, and I think that's the way you have to look at it. You don't want to certainly take home run swings with all 20 of your picks or even the majority of your 20 picks. But I think uh, in, in leagues like that, it doesn't hurt to go uh, on the wild side a little more often than not. Henry Ruggs is apparently on crutches, according to AL.com. He injured his thigh while helping a friend move furniture. According to his father, he was uh, trying to move a trailer uh, or furniture, and the trailer actually pinned him against a car or a wall or something. He yeah, uses, that is some scary stuff. He uses the phrase or something three times in here, and I think that it's telling because I think it's a lot worse than this, and he was just saying, yeah, or something or something. It was probably really bad. Uh, Rugg's father says he's pretty much okay. There's a little wound on the leg, um, but the Raiders are aware. Uh, they – they don't believe it's going to be serious and he's going to be ready. But Dave, for a guy who is a rookie, who's going to have a weird off season, who relies on speed, a lower body injury to me at, at this point for a guy, I wasn't necessarily all that excited about for redraft. Anyway, I'm going to find other ways to spend my pick in, in instead of using uh, one on rugs in the, where is he going right now in football guys drafts? Uh, bear with me for one second. Uh, the 11, 12, um, Sterling Shepard, Anthony Miller, Jalen Rager, Preston Williams, totally rather have Miller and Williams at that spot. Um, I, this story doesn't move the needle for me on rugs at all. If okay. I liked him, I liked him. If I don't, I, I don't, I mean, I don't, I would look at him, I guess, as a, a possible flyer pick, but I, I, who, so did you mention Preston Williams? I like better. Anthony Miller is the other guy. You want to, I'm not sure about that one. All right. Sterling Shepard also going there. Yeah, I'd probably take Shepard, I guess, over him. And the other one is in that little clump is Jalen Rager, another fellow rookie. I'd probably take Ruggs over Rager because Rager still has to worry about the, you know, the corpse of Alshon Jeffrey. <laughs> right, and the Raiders took Rugs over Rager too. Remember in the yeah, NFL I mean, draft? That, that doesn't matter. I mean, they and they're they're going to try and and especially best ball formats. You know, he might be the new Deshaun Jackson, but doesn't get hurt. 
So <laughs> then he's not the new Deshaun Jackson. Yeah, the new, the, Who would it be? The old, he's the old. He's the old. He's the old younger Deshaun Jackson. Right. Who yeah. Catches four balls for every like third or fourth game. Deshaun Jackson four for one fifty and two touchdowns. Right. It's like, oh, dude, that was great. Yeah. And, and it, it, you know, it stunk once once he hit his prime because that would happen and everybody, the secret was out on him. You couldn't move him in Dynasty when that would happen. You know, there's a chance that the old, new, old, old vintage Deshaun Jackson. Now I'm be, confused. He claims he's healthy. He says he's back. You know, and that's the one thing he hasn't lost is the speed. I mean, he's still fast as a mofo, man. He's All get quick, out, dude. yeah. Yeah. All right. Not well, as fast as Ruggs probably at this point. Well, and the other thing to keep in mind, too, is uh, Deshaun Jackson, 1307, by the way, as a wide receiver, 55 in football guys' drafts. And there's, there's talk about him being technically the de facto number one on the, on the Eagles. I mean, granted, not probably ahead of Ertz, I, would, I guess you'd argue, as far as. Well, number one receiver, right? Yeah, the number yeah. one receiver. I mean. Yeah. No, there's something to be said for that. Yeah. You know, there's nothing better than having Deshaun Jackson as your number four receiver, Dave. And having a bye week and having to plug him in, and then that's when he gets his two-touchdown 160-yard game. No better feeling than that, my friend. Well, if you have him as your number four receiver, that means in the first nine Well, months, I mean, right. I, I was saying back in the day. Like right. that oh, was, yeah, 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 I got you. Yeah, it, it, was, it was great. I would not have him as my number four receiver this year. <laughs> if I have him as my number four receiver this year, I better have, like, five stud running backs. We got uh, – speaking of – go ahead. No, you, I was saying you could you could do that. Yeah, it's yeah, it's Kareem it's, Hunt could be your five, but, but you know that's oh, pretty good. Can you imagine that? That'd be crazy. Yeah. Uh, Dave Evadizian and, and Jeff Hershorn will weigh in on that. They're the thirty first winner or thirty first place uh, finishers in the Football Guys Players Championship. Four time league winners in the FPC coming up in just one minute here. One last thing I want to get to before we get to uh, Dave and, and uh, Jeff here. Kishan Vaughn uh, was in the news. Apparently, he is going to replace the snaps at a minimum that Peyton Barber had last season. Um, Jason Licht was actually uh, commenting about how they believe he has good speed. They believe he can catch the ball. They think he's good in space. They're, he's going to be productive out there. And they think he's capable of playing on all three downs. So this is very interesting, Dave, given that Ronald Jones and Kashawn Vaughn are, are battling uh, this year for uh, snaps in that backfield. Now, it seems like Tampa was, was very interested in Devontae Freeman. And this is kind of where I'm going with this. It seems to me that whether Tampa signs Freeman or not, they are not done with that backfield, which to me means Kishon Vaughn and Ronald Jones are going a little bit higher in football guys' drafts or redrafts in general than I am willing to pay. Ronald Jones running back 32 at the 707, and Kishon Vaughn is going uh, right now over the last four days at the 808 as running back 37. Um, I don't, that, that kind of flipped a little bit because Vaughn it was, was Vaughn ahead, yeah. It might have been, that might have been due to rookie drafts, I think. Rookieitis, isn't that no, what Cornfins called it? No, I mean, dynasty league rookie drafts right. because they would, you know they're all mer- the ADP is all mercy. Oh no, I'm sorry. I should have. This is my fault. I should have said this is strictly football guys drafts over the oh, last four you. days. Okay. But originally, um, when we were looking at it, Vaughn, I think to your point, was going higher because he was the mystery box. He was the unknown, and people were willing to take a chance on that. Right. I don't, you know. It's so funny because Sony Michelle's going, and we're we got a Sony Michelle question coming up later on in the show. Oh, thank, um, thank God! It's more like I a really Dam- want to talk about. It's more Sony like a, Michelle. We don't cover him enough. It's more like a Damian Harris question, but he's involved. Um, he's going right next to Kishon Vaughn, and as much as I don't like Vaughn, I totally rather have Vaughn over Michelle. You know who I really like there? Um, that's going in that same spot is Matt Breida in Miami, who should be the big time um, passing down back, and I think the most dynamic back Miami has down there right now. That's true. I mean, when they score, you know, averaging twelve points a game, he's going to be crushing it. The, in, in the in the fourth he quarter, have, he might have three, four touchdowns they, all year. In the fourth quarter <laughs> of those games, he might come into it with. Seven carries for 29 yards and two catches for 10, and he could end up those games 
with seven carries for 29 yards <laughs> and eight catches for yeah. 70 yards and two touchdowns. That's that, well, come on. Eight catches, I'm just saying he could. I'm not saying he will. 70 yards and no touchdowns. No, two touchdowns. I heard what you said. No, no come on. He's going to get in the end zone. Matt Breida. <laughs> Breida, as we all know, is Spanish for uh, red zone. Is it? No. Who's the quarterback there? Tua? Is he, well, is he eventually yet? he'll be the quarterback there. But for right now, it's Ryan Fitzpatrick. That's it. You know, Fitzpatrick's good. You he's know, Mr. Fourth be, Quarter, man. Right. You might be right. Does he have a big bushy beard still like you? Or does... Yeah, you should see him because in quarantine, he let his hair and his beard grow out. Oh, it's, it's bad. He's got a lot more gray in his than, than I do in mine, too. God, I, wonder I, how, I wonder how crappy Andrew Luck's face looks like right now. <laughs> I mean, you know, this guy, he, you know, it's like when you let yourself go. His standard appearance was letting himself go. Yeah. I mean, he looked like shit all the time. I mean, he, he was like, it was like there was, you know, but people that do those little tricks where they, you know, they, they, they have the bee beard. Like they, oh yeah. They yeah. Have the bee. That's what he looked like. His Normally. face looked like crap. Yeah. And anyway, he, well, he, he looked always, like an athlete. He, he looked like a puffy face too. And he had like his, it was his neck beard was so thick. It just made him look older than he was. It was terrible. It wasn't good. It wasn't yeah. a good look. Captain Andrew Luck. You looked a lot. You with in your glory of Team Wolf glory <laughs> looked much better. You know what? Than you, know, Andrew Luck. you know what's funny about that is when I was growing that up, I still took time to shave my like my neck <laughs> oh, like underneath. Yeah, just because otherwise great. it. Yeah. I don't want to say it. Otherwise it looked unseemly. It looked unseemly <laughs> regardless, but it would have looked more unseemly. All right, good. very good. All right, so let's get to the seemly part of the show here. I want to welcome in tonight's guest, ladies and gentlemen. They've been involved in uh, fantasy football since 1992, but in 2013, after watching Jeff win their hometown league almost every year. Dave decided to sign the duo up for one FFPC main event team. Uh, They had success with that team and have played in the FFPC ever since, uh, managing numerous teams annually with the FFPC. They favor the classic draft format, typically own between 25 and 35 teams per year, uh, most of those in the Football Guys Players Championship. Now, after winning four leagues in that competition and finishing 31st overall last season, they are here tonight to talk about their targets and fade uh, fade so far this summer in the drafts that they've completed. Please welcome onto the show Dave Avedisian and Jeff Hershorn. Gentlemen, thanks for hopping aboard tonight. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Very excited to have you guys. Uh, Jeff, I'm going to pose this question to you first. I just, I'm just kind of curious how you and Dave got hooked up playing in, in the uh, same home league and then how Dave pitched the, uh, the FFPC to you. I will say this, uh, gentlemen, this is Dave speaking, and I, uh, I noticed after many years that Jeff won the, fan, the fantasy league in our hometown every year, and I decided that it would be best to, to choose a high-stakes league, which we did in, I think it was 2014 or 13, and we went into the main event, and uh, Jeff, Jeff did score well there. Ten and zero, and so then we lost one. We lost one one game, and we did not win the championship. But we thought we were on to something, so we continued on, and we very much like the uh, program that you guys offer. Um, so, so we've so Dave, continued on, and, and, and we're in it now. Dave, how did you? How how do you and Jeff know each other? Are you guys lifelong friends? Did you meet each other through yeah. the local league? How did how did you guys? Okay. No, 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 no. Uh, we are uh, actually friends from, from uh, grade school, and we have all the same high school friends, and we were in that high school league for a long time, and those leagues had evolved for a number of years. And, and essentially, I, Dave, noticed that Jeff put a lot of time and effort into it and won, 
And I said, it's time to put some money into this thing and see if we can win some real money competing against real teams because he was dominating the local league. And we put a lot of heart into the weekly game. And, you know, that, that, that effort that I saw going into one team, we should, we should channel into more teams and potentially could compete because uh, Jeff is a, uh, is a very astute member of the uh, waiver wire and works the team in such, such a way that I thought maybe we could compete with people that are on a professional level. That that's this is good. That, I want that's to get how it started. And, and that first year, we were we got confidence by the fact that we went ten to zero on a main event team for the first ten weeks. And then again, we didn't we didn't take the championship that year, but we won some money and and and, and went forward. Sorry. Yeah, a lot of good confidence for you going forward to, to start off ten and zero in your first uh, high stakes league together. That is awesome stuff. Uh, we're gonna get more into fantasy football, but can you guys tell us what you do for a living, Dave? I'm gonna let you go first, and then Jeff, go ahead and chime in. I'm a lawyer, uh, self-employed in in South Jersey, Philadelphia. Uh, Jeff and I teach uh, fifth grade uh, math and science in Pennsylvania, New Jersey. A lawyer we happen to and live a teacher, next door Dave. to one another. So. Yes, and we live next door to one another. And next door neighbors. This is great. So let me ask Jeff a question. So Jeff, you, so you guys, you, you play in the same, you play, in, you, you still play in this local league with all your, you know, your buddies from high school, and you guys are doing, yep. you know, you guys are doing great. Um, mm-hmm. Now, I, don't know, I assume you have a lot of the same guys in the league, but you know, if I look back at my high school, a lot of my, you know, some of my friends have done done well. They're you know having a good successful life, and then you know, there's a few other ones that are you know drinking all the time, getting into yeah, drugs. yeah. Have you had? Are you guys like the winner? You know, like the good guys, and then there's like the like the total burnouts and losers of your high school that are still in the league. And you're like, oh my god, I can't believe this guy's still in the league. <laughs> you know what? Um, it, it's always the same people, and yeah, you got your you got some people that drink all the time at drafts, and you know, I saw I have fun too doing all this, but I take it a lot more seriously than they do. We'll say that. Once again, it's all about the waiver wire. Yeah, that's true. Very true. You know, Balky, so I can we Balky and I. We were in the Eddie League. Was the Eddie Fantasy League? Yeah, it was called the Eddie Fantasy. Uh, I mean, fa- ran out of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. All right, I'm going to tell a local league story. This is a little embarrassing. It's now going to be, a, you know, forever in, in, I don't know, podcast history. <laughs> we used to, we, we'd drive down. It was a 10-team league. It was our first league we ever did, 1999 to whenever. And we'd stop at the local gas station uh, when we'd get down there. And, you know, it was not a gas station. What was it? It was not a gas well, station. Well, it was something like a gas station. I don't know what it was. What, <laughs> So we'd buy, we'd, we'd buy, like, you know, beef jerky and some snacks and soda and so on. And, you know, I'd always pick up a couple of barely legals, and I, and I would bring them to the draft, and I would, like, you know, just put them on the, on the coffee table. And these guys, you know, they'd be distracted the whole draft looking at barely legal. So it was, it was, uh, it was nice. Well, the great thing about it is none of these guys knew where these magazines came from. They would just, you know, hey, what's going on? He'd just drop them off at the coffee table, go sit down somewhere, and before he knew it, somebody was taking, you know, I, I, Terrell Davis after he had retired uh, yeah. in the second round. It was great. It was a, it was a good strategy. We had someone say Dave anyway, Akers at number one. <laughs> we didn't let him. We stopped him. <laughs> we stopped him. We stopped the draft. <laughs> made him not take that's right. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's, you know, that's the thing about what you mean. You know, these national contests, as much as I love them, um, there's something about local leagues. It's, uh, it's pretty special. <laughs> it is yeah, special. Yeah. All right, anyway. Uh, David, I'm going to ask you this question about a recent football guy's draft you did a week ago. 
Uh, you went with Michael Thomas over Ezekiel Elliott, and that would be kind of kind of a controversial pick. Uh, Why did you decide to go that direction? Well, if you look at the overall production last year, um, Michael Thomas outperformed Ezekiel Thomas. Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, by about 70 points over the season. Uh, Thomas had consistently produced in his first and second season. We had looked at him and liked him. We had him last year, he us go to the and he helped us get to that 31st first position. And um, we've eyed him up as somebody who is a, a very serious player and, and worthy of a number one or two pick. And so we, um, we, we selected him over Elliott. And I will say that before this particular year, we have always been focused on running backs in the first round. Um, our, our, Elliot is not somebody that excited us to the extent that we were willing to take him over Thomas. The only yeah, uh, the think, only person you know, we're excited over is is, is really uh, Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, <laughs> join, join the club. I am definitely with you on that. Uh, that for sure. Um, you know, it's it's interesting too because I, I think Elliot and Thomas might be on a, a little bit of a different trajectory right now. We've had people come on this show, even last season, talking about how they think um, that you could kind of see Elliot slowing down a little bit. Not that he's you know past his prime, but you can kind of tell he's maybe not the same rusher he was a year or two ago. Or Michael Thomas. I mean, look at that guy. He is honed in, ready to go, and definitely um, prime for a big time uh, 2020 season. Uh, let's talk about. Uh, a different team in the NFC, and that's Detroit. Jeff, you guys locked up uh, DeAndre Swift and Carrion Johnson in that uh, same draft. These are two players that I've seen you guys go with in, in several drafts so far this year. Is yeah. that a strategy that you guys like to employ in the Football Guys Players Championship? Not necessarily just with Detroit, but locking up a ground game when it looks like it's going to be a committee between two guys? Well, yeah, I like to try to always get the handcuff. I mean, it doesn't always happen, though. I mean, like there was one instance where we were—I forget who it was—we were trying to, we were trying to draft a handcuff in the in the tenth round, and J, I think it was our first draft this year, and James White was available, and we took him over whoever the handcuff was at the point. Uh, I think that you know, you, you want to get the handcuff, but there's if there's somebody really better out there, at least someone who thinks better, you're going to grab him instead. But I, I couldn't give up on James White in the tenth round. We've done ten drafts so far. And James White has not fallen down to the 10th round in any other draft. But, yeah, I would try to get the handcuff if I could, if it was the right pick, the right time. Really, for running back, we try to handcuff more than the receivers. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Do you guys Are you guys pretty bullish on, on Swift and Johnson this year in that Detroit ground game? Yeah, just where they're coming up in the draft so far. I like, I, I like Swift. But who knows the reality? Like, who's really going to take it there? That's why I want to have them both on the same team. Hey, look, if one of them gets hurt, we're going to have the other one. So, And if we have to take one a little bit earlier than we wanted to, it's all right. But it'll work out in the end, hopefully. hopefully. You never know. <laughs> uh, speak, so let's stick with running backs. You guys have uh, drafted both Le'Veon Bell and Devin Singletary in multiple drafts this year. So, Jeff, um, have you zeroed in on those two players, or you just uh, they kind of – I don't know if they fell to you necessarily. Or, you know, talk to me a little bit about Bell and Singletary. Exactly what you just said. That's where, that's where they're falling. We're looking for running backs in the third round, and Le'Veon's always there. And we're always looking for running backs in the fourth round, and, and, and uh, Singletary's there. And they catch the ball. Hey, look, Le'Veon Bell, he didn't have a good year last year, but 
I don't think his career is over by any means. And to get him in the third round, I think that's pretty good. I mean, how can you pass him up in that round? See with Melvin Gordon, but we just haven't gotten him yet. Dave Evadisian and Jeff Hershon joining the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour tonight. Four-time Football Guys Players Championship uh, League champions, as well as 31st overall in the FPC last year. Dave, um, when when De- um, Emmanuel Sanders got signed by New Orleans, a lot of people were concerned about the targets potentially going down for Jared Cook in that offense this year. Are you and Jeff sort of on that same train, or do you believe he's a nice value right now? We think he's a nice value where we have taken him so far, which is in, in the mid-rounds. And Sanders may take uh, targets away from him, um, and we understand that. But Cook is someone that has found the end zone, um, and he, he receives uh, end zone targets. Not to mention we love Brees. And we love Drew Brees. And uh, hopefully uh, between Michael Thomas, Sanders, and Cooks, they open the field up, um, and Cook will continue to get some end zone targets, which we're hoping for. But where we're picking him in the mid-rounds, the value is there for him, um, and there tend not to be better tight ends at that spot. So I, I don't think that Emmanuel Sanders is a factor in our consideration of taking Jared Cook where we take him. Dave, I, you know, I look at it from the standpoint of um, a lot of people letting Drew Brees slip, um, just letting quarterbacks slip in general, but then Brees slipping down, and, and certainly age is a factor there. But you guys think he's, he's primed for another big year, right? Oh, we, yeah. do. we do. Um, we do. He's got to keep his mouth shut. Right, he's got to keep his mouth shut, for starters. <laughs> 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 yeah, we drafted him nine times before he starts shooting off. <laughs> and and uh, but but Drew Brees, <laughs> this is true, but Drew Brees has not shown signs of dropping off in his production. He he performed strongly last year. He performed strongly at the end of last year, and with weapons, hopefully he continues that. And there hasn't been a physical breakdown that we've seen, or indications of that. Eleventh and twelfth round is a great. Eleventh and twelfth round, the value uh, for a quarterback of. His stature with the weapons he has, it's time to, to take him there. And so that, that's where we've been grabbing him. And if we've gotten Michael Thomas early on, we, we want that combination because it's a, it's a double shot when they, when they hit a touchdown. And, it, and if we have uh, Cook elsewhere and if, if we're lucky enough to get Sanders at a value position, then we're going to get those scores too. Yeah, good analysis on Breeze there for sure, and, and obviously that's going to lead to big production from Cook. Um, what what do we, Can we talk about more tight ends here, Dave? Sure, let's talk oh, about absolutely. the guy who, yeah, his uh, his production, speaking of, wasn't so great last year. Nope. Chris Herndon. Did he have a zero? Yeah. <laughs> Was it a yeah, zero? Yeah, nothing. Yeah. Uh, nothing. Okay. We're, we're John Ross's for him, rookie though. season. Yeah. John Ross's <laughs> rookie season eclipsed Chris Herndon. Uh, are you still uh, you so, Given given his massive production, no, I mean he had an off, you know, whatever he was injured, suspended, whatever yeah. crap he had going on. After he was smoking pot too, um, are you hopping aboard the Chris Herndon bandwagon now that he's back and yeah, better we, than ever? Yeah, well, I don't know if he's better than ever. We took him a couple times so far. Um, or and when it comes to Chris Herndon, you're just hoping for the best. I mean, the coach said some pretty nice things about him a couple weeks back, and I latched onto that. And he, we're grabbing him as like a second or third tight end. 
And, you know, you're just hoping that he performs. But it's not like we're, like, jumping in and grabbing him early or anything. But we, 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 he's definitely on the radar. Four-time uh, FPC League champs and 31st overall in the FPC last year. Dave Evadisian and Jeff Hershorn joining us tonight, talking fantasy football and FFPC draft strategy, so on and so forth on the HSFFR. Uh, let's let's uh, chat room question, Balky. Oh, chat room question. Should we be- of tight ends. Should we believe the recent hype about Hayden Hurst? Jeff, I'll pitch this to you. Hurst is getting a lot of love. You guys have any shares of Hurst? Do you like Hayden Hurst this year? No, we don't. But is, uh, I just read that the current. I, I just read that Matt Ryan loves him, so uh, yeah, I, I'm looking into him now. No, I, I had no interest in him. I, you know, honestly, going into this year, I mean, we're only in June for for crying out loud, but uh, I, I've I've been hearing great things about him now, so now I'm looking out. But he's actually in 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 our leagues. He's been going pretty quick. I mean, other people have obviously right. heard the same things that we've all heard. He's he's going pretty quick. <laughs> People are really buying into the offense. I mean, they're buying that all those targets, and they. I think it's, it's proof that people in general think Hooper was just a product of the Falcons' offense. All the volume, there's so much volume in that passing game. Uh, just to, yeah. to, to second that point by uh, Dave Gerzak here, Hayden Hurst going at the 702 as tight end nine in football guys' drafts right now. And just curiously, Austin Hooper. He's you leapfrogged know, him. He's, he, a, he's ahead now, right? Hooper is behind. That's what I mean. Oh, yeah. yeah Hurst we, is leapfrogged. We have Hooper's him. T- tight end 15 <laughs> at the 902. Yeah, we've got him He's going times. a round and a half later. How do you guys, um, and, and this is a question for Jeff. Uh, Jeff, how do you guys handle balancing out um, players in your draft? I mean, are you, it, it seems to me that you guys, if you like a player and, and you like his value, you're going to go after him and, and you don't mind being quote unquote overweight on a certain player if, if you believe in the value yeah. there. Is that sort of how you guys always handle your FPCs? Yeah, you know what? We used to do uh, three, well, we used to do three running backs to start every draft, and it wasn't working. And so now we're just looking at the absolute best value every time we go out there. I, I'd like to get as many ra- running backs as possible in the first couple of rounds. But if it doesn't work out, you know, by the t- if you look at our drafts, by the time we're done, we always have about the same, like six running backs, six receivers, a couple quarterbacks. You know, it's always about the same, to be honest with you. But we just try to get the best player out there. We don't go tight end crazy like, like some strategy. people do. Yeah, we try. <laughs> you know, a lot of people go tight end crazy. I, we tried a draft one time where we, we drafted three tight ends to start because I've seen it before. I came in last place. So, Disaster. yeah, Disaster. We, we won't be doing that again. <laughs> yeah, it was like Kelsey. And, yeah. Well, I still see it in the, every draft we do. There's always that one guy who takes like two or three tight ends in the top four and just does not work out. Does that when you guys see that happen? Uh, I've asked this question to other people. Does it make you kind of, you kind of not that you're going to totally leap, you know, you know, draft guys too early like tight ends? But do you try and then, let's say someone takes three of them, do you try and get the fourth, fifth, or sixth tight end just so you're not nah. stuck? Because when somebody takes three, nah. someone's going to get kind of stuck. No, I, I, we try you to get a tight end in the seventh or eighth round. Uh, we don't, we don't, I don't, okay. at least I don't pay too much attention to that. You, around seven, that's why our tight ends are net, don't look that great in any of the teams. You always like a Jared Cook sitting there in Austin Hooper. That's usually who, who we're getting about this. Well, actually, uh, Tyler Higby, too. Love him. Higby, all right, right yeah. on. Okay. Um, so we talked earlier about this. Dalvin Cook says he won't work. Saying, Dalvin Cook says he won't work out until he gets bigger. He's contract. not coming in. So he's, I mean, not, he's not at the well, gym. I mean, doing, he's not doing bench. He'll probably be on the stationary bike. He's doing cave. power cleans. Yeah, I, I don't he's know. On the Peloton only. 
He's he's doing the uh the the probably yeah he's he's on the uh, sweating to the oldies routine right now. He's got the leggings on. He's got the leggings on. He's doing the aerobics and the stretch. He's doing the stretch. So what are you guys doing with Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison in drafts right now? Well, you know when this when this all came to light last week, we actually it was our last draft and we had the sixth pick, and we turned him down. We we could have picked him there, and we did take Miles Sanders instead. Uh, I I don't know. I don't like to play around with guys like that. I just don't like doing it. We've been burned on that before. Hey, I was burned on that with Eric Rett. You remember him? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Eric Rett. So we're going back a couple of years, and I never forgot about that. Uh, so <laughs> we chose Miles Sanders over him. I don't know if it's the right move or not, but we're we're from Philly, so – we, we like Miles Sanders. I want to yeah, open uh, things up here to. I, I, I want to open things up to the listeners here. We'll get to some emails in, in a little bit. Right now, I want to go out to the uh, two six seven. A phone call calling into the HSF at Power tonight. Caller, you are on the air with Dave, Dave, Balky, and Jeff. Who is this? Uh, this is Jake calling in from Yarley, Pennsylvania. Pretty close to these guys, Philadelphia. I had a couple questions, but first and foremost, what do I make of Deshaun Watson now that DeAndre Hopkins is gone and basically his weapons come down to a lot of injured receivers and David Johnson occasionally? Dave, I'll, I'll throw this what? question to you, Dave Abedisian, and, and, and we'll, we'll talk about Deshaun Watson here. He's quarterback five in the 708 in football guys drafts over the last four days. Is that a value that you and Jeff would be comfortable with? Yeah. Yes. Well, uh, Deshaun Watson can still run, and he's still good. Yeah, he saw some receivers out there. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, he's got Brandon Cooks now. But he, he can run pretty good. I, I, he's just going where we're not looking for a quarterback. But, you know, everyone's different. People are going to be looking for a quarterback in the fifth and sixth round. I still think he's a good pick there. Yeah. Jake, you had, do you have another question? Uh, Yeah. Of all the mid-round running backs, I'm kind of thinking Sonny Michelle could be a boom-bust running back one, considering where he was drafted a couple of years ago, and now that Tom Brady's gone, how the Patriots offense could function. Uh, what are your thoughts on him? He sucks. We we had him last year. <laughs> he, he, look, you're you're in a PPR league, and not to mention he just had surgery, I think, in May. So if you're going to be looking at anybody, you're going to be looking at Damian Harris now. Uh, Sony Michael's just not that great. You, you, we we drafted yeah, him last year in the ninth, ninth and tenth round. He wasn't that good. Hey, Jake, listen, we really appreciate you listening and, and calling in tonight. Uh, don't be a stranger, all right, man? Yeah, no, thank you. Thanks, Jake. You're very welcome. Yeah, that's good stuff there. Let's go to a couple of some uh, a couple of emails here from uh, some of the listeners tonight. And the first one I'm going to throw Dave's way here. Um, this is Dan in Atlanta. How big of an impact will Denzel Mims make in his rookie year? Worth rolling the dice on in football guys drafts? Thanks, guys. That's Dan in Atlanta. Dan, thank you for the email. Dave, what do you think about Denzel Mims as a rookie? Uh, Dave uh, Abadizian, excuse me. He's not been our, on our radar yet. Um, we're not opposed to him. Um, it just, it just hasn't, he hasn't made a, an impact in our drafting process now as of June. It you know, depends what happens with uh, Perryman too. Let's see what Perryman does right. before you yep. think about Denzel Mims. 
Mm-hmm. Um, Jeff, let, let's. Uh, I'm going to throw this one to you. This is from John in Los Angeles. How have you guys adjusted your draft strategy over the years in the Football Guys Players Championship to try and make sure you're maximizing your chances at winning the big prize? John in Los Angeles, thank you for the email. You kind of alluded to this earlier, Jeff, with um, what you guys were doing with three running backs to start and that now yep. just going with BPA. Has that been the biggest switch you yep. guys have made? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, we were running back crazy the first couple of years uh, in the FFPC. It, it just wasn't working out as well. And then finally, we're just like, you know, there's people like Michael Thomas out there. We're we're passing over these guys every year for running backs, but, they're, you know, it, it's not the... And, and I'll add a few things. Um, in the beginning, our draft uh, strategy was a lot different in that, for example, we were invited to Pros and Joes, after that first year where we did the main event team, and I remember specifically we drafted the Seattle defense in the 10th round. Big mistake. Big mistake, and it, it actually <laughs> was a draft. The, the pros and Joes was online, and there was some commotion yeah, caused by that, and we called in to defend, to defend the pick. <laughs> And in hindsight, yeah, now we look like idiots. We laugh. Yeah. And, and so, kicker and defense rounds 19 and 20. If you know how to use the waiver wire, there is no reason to take him earlier than that. Justin Tucker's good, but he's not good for the 13th round. You've got to be kidding me. So there's been major evolution from day one. Yeah. And um, it, it's we've stuck to some of our original principles, but. The reality is, in round one, we are we are willing to take receivers, and um, we're looking for value. But we're not, we're certainly not taking defenses in round ten anymore, and we're not taking. We we will consider the quarterbacks early on in terms of Lamar Jackson and Mahomes, um, but we're not we're holding off until then until later rounds for other quarterbacks, um, and not looking at um, a fifth round quarterback, for example. Jeff, um, Dave has, has said how hard you work uh, on the waiver wire, and I'm kind of curious, with, with uh, you guys maybe looking towards receivers <laughs> early in drafts now and, and uh, not necessarily pounding the running backs as much as you do, and knowing that you can just get these running backs off the waiver wire sometimes and all they need is an opportunity, have you guys found yourself really you know, working hard to, to try to get that next big running back on the waiver wire just, and just hope he, he falls into a good situation? Have you noticed you doing that over the last few years? Actually, it's it's the opposite. I'm always looking for the receivers. I found Keenan Allen when he was a rookie. That's what got us to, I, I think, 10-0 the, the first year. Uh, I'm always looking for the receivers. Of course, we, but you know what the, the problem is? Like last year, somebody paid $800 for, I, what's his name, Wayne Gallman on the on the Giants? Oh, yeah. Which the front Barkley went down. Like, people, people pay ridiculous amounts of money for these running backs. I'm not, I mean, you have to know how to use the waiver wire in these leagues, and I just can't pay that kind of price. But if I could find, like, a nice cheap one, absolutely, I'll grab them. And I would add that one okay. of the things that we like about the format of this of your leagues is that there is a waiver wire where you can compete if your draft didn't go the way that you liked or mm-hmm. somebody got hurt. There's a bidding process, and you can get value. And it tends to be that the receivers are available – or those guys that you didn't uh, dream of when you were drafting show up, and whether it be the preseason or in the first couple weeks, as did Preston Williams a few years ago. Oh, yeah. 
Speaking of Keenan Allen, what are you uh, out of the chat room? What do you gents think of Keenan Allen this year? No, nope. he, he's not on. He's no way. Not on our radar. Every time I see our, Keenan our Allen, path. he's laying on the ground, writhing in pain. No, no Keenan Allen for us. <laughs> He'll not be on any of our teams. <laughs> no. He's just, it's weird he's because not for us. you had Philip Rivers. He would shot put the, the ball to him, and now you have Tyrod Taylor who would. What does he spray it like a like a machine? Yeah, gun? spray. I would say. Right. Sprayer. That's right. a good term. Yeah. Like a dog tinkling yeah, no, on a no, fire hydrant. No, went from the shot putter to the sprayer. When's he going to get a passer? <laughs> That's the problem. Yeah, I don't want any San Diego wide receivers right now. Just don't All want right, them. No San Diego. What about no Hunter Henry either? I oh, know we we like Hunter Henry. <laughs> I should have said that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I still like Hunter Henry. I'm hoping Taylor finds him more than anybody else because we have him a couple times so far. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like Hunter Henry. So, Taylor, so Taylor's accu- he's accurate to ten yards, and that's it. It's kind of, it is kind of like a machine gun. Yeah, yeah, that's where Hunter yeah, Henry's going to be ten <laughs> yards down the field. That's what you're hoping for. Ten, ten yards, turn around. <laughs> it's more like a pop yeah. gun than a machine gun. <laughs> Hunter Henry got a level hurts, awesome this year. Fun, fun, fun chases. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no exactly. Yeah. All right, gents. So I'm going to ask this to let's talk to uh, Jeff first, then David next. Uh, this is our okay. final awesome baller question that Balky and I we get all our information from you guys. A player you've mm-hmm. been avoiding in your drafts so far this year, as well as a player you've been targeting targeting in the mid to later rounds. Uh, well, we just talked about a player we're avoiding. That was key. Our, our number one guy is Keenan Allen. Without doubt, don't like Boy. him. Um, and yeah, Keenan Allen's like the I can't think of anybody else offhand who I absolutely do not want to draft. Just don't want him. Oh, Julian Edelman, I'm scared of him. A lot of people still like him, but I'm a little scared of him. And we love uh, Preston Williams. He's somebody we're looking for in the 10th or 11th round. Love Preston Williams. Love that. Gary Keenan, Arnett, don't yeah. like Gary Allen, don't like Edelman. Also, uh, mm-hmm. you guys saw the chat room, another, another bonus question. I know, and then mm-hmm. we'll let you go ahead. Uh, which of the rookie wideouts do you guys like the most? Dave, go ahead on this one uh, before Jeff answers. Dave, uh, rookie ro- wideouts, who do you like this year for redraft leagues? We're looking at Henry and Ruggs. Even though he's injured. <laughs> Ruggs. He's not oh, yeah. injured. Jerry, well, he's got, he's got Jerry a little, Judy, maybe? He's got a, little, he's got a Band-Aid. Probably. <laughs> yeah, I, know. I, know. I, don't, I don't know. I don't know how, how true this story is. Jerry Judy might be all right, too. Never really looking too much at rookie wide receivers. And, and we'd, uh, like, we'd like them to prove themselves for a couple of weeks and maybe grab them off the waiver wires if, 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 they're, if they're available. If they're available, yeah. Well, yeah, so, we, we've got so Burn with Nelson Aguilar. If you, yeah, if you guys, um, if you guys are kind of a little bit on to Jerry Judy, are you kind of down on Cortland Sutton there? Because he's going right around the same spot Keenan Allen is. No, it's it's weird. So I, I wouldn't know who to take there. I like them both. I, we haven't drafted either one of them. When those guys are gone, we're looking at other positions right now. But I, I really, I, I guess I would take Sutton first over him, just because you know Sutton had a good good year last year. But you know, Judy looks good too. I mean, I don't I don't really know about that. That's a tough one. I like them both. Uh, listen. And we like you guys both, no question. The 31st overall Thanks. finishers in the Football Guys Players Championship last year. Uh, four-time FPC League champions, Dave Evadizzi and Jeff Hirshhorn, joined us tonight here on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Gentlemen, it has been a wild ride here on the show. It's been a good ride for you guys in the High Stakes Leagues. Good luck in the main event. Good luck in the FPCs uh, this year, and, and hopefully we'll talk again soon. All right. Thank you, Thank you very much. Appreciate Thanks. it. Bye-bye. Thanks, guys. Thank you, guys.
Dave Evadizian, Jeff Hirschhorn, good stuff from there. You know, it's one of those things, Dave, I think if you can find a high-stakes partner that you've known for so long, um, it's easy to be brutally honest with them, and I think it's easy to know when to plant your flag on a certain player or let the other guy have his way. You know what I mean? For a good partnership, these guys clearly have that. I mean, they, yeah, you can tell that they have a good, uh, you know, camaraderie or you know, banter back and forth. Yeah, really nice. Um, and uh, it's like they've known each other since grade school. Exactly. You know, you don't want somebody that agrees with you all the time, um, but you do want somebody that uh, that will fight you uh, on certain things and and know. When's the time to, to get out and when's the time to get in on certain players? We're going to get in on some emails here for the last few minutes of the show, ladies and gentlemen. Kick it off with James in New Baden, Illinois. You ever been to New Baden, Dave? Oh, no, I've missed that town. Yeah, I've been to Old Baden, but never New Baden. Is it uh, nicer, the new one? Uh, Old Baden is actually uh, much newer than New Baden, which is the ironic thing in Illinois. It's, it's kind of bizarre. Huh. Uh, he writes, what's up, Dave and Balky? I'm making this up, by the way. Could Damian Harris ascend to quote-unquote hype guy level now that we know that uh, Sony Michelle is recovering from foot surgery? Appreciate you. That is James in New Baden, Illinois. So we talked about the hype guy last year, Dave. It ended up being DJ Moore. We announced that. We'll announce that again this year at the end of August. But that worked out kind of okay. I think it worked out really good. Yeah, he could have scored more touchdowns. Well, I mean, touchdowns. He's going to score more touchdowns this year. All right, so. You know, Cam was the one who crapped all over our, you know. Oh, because he got hurt? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Um, So, Damian Harris, I don't, I think it's, it's, it's going to be tough for him to reach hype guy levels, given that he's still going in the 15th round as running back 64. You know, it's not like Michelle's out for the year. Um, and um, it's tough for me to, to see Damian Harris all of a sudden ascending up draft boards where you're going to have Michelle, you're going to have James White, you're going to have Rex Burkhead there still too, and Brandon Bolden gumming things up. So I, for me, he's a nice flyer late, but I don't really expect anything more out of Harris this year with this Michelle injury. Yeah, where's, where's Harris going? 15th. 15th. Football guys drafts over the last four days. Yeah, it's 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 so tough to invest. I mean, it's so it's tough to invest in in Patriots backs that are not the pass catcher. You know, if it's James, yeah. you know, if it's a James, True, White, yeah. it's like all right, that's cool. You got some you got some points there. Beyond that, I, I, I don't know. I mean, when when have they really lived up to the draft position? Well, it's like, right. seriously. Do you, do you recall? I mean, well, I okay. In the last ten years, right. the the one first and second down back in the Patriots. When has any of them ever lived up to the draft? Corey Dillon, maybe. Has it been 10? I thought it's been longer than 10. For Maybe. I, I don't know if it's right. that's borderline. I guess the, the, the case to be made for it this year is Bill Belichick trying to win games with the run game and defense with either Brian Hoyer or Jarrett Stidham at quarterback. Uh, they still don't have a ton of weapons there. I mean, Harry, I don't really know what's going on with him. Edelman's a year older. They have the two young tight ends. So that would be the case that, okay, well, if they're going to be successful and grind out a nine-win season, it's going to be because of Sony Michelle in the ground game. Um, I don't necessarily. 2004 to 2006 for Corey Dillon. So that was 14 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Who's who's been there since then? They, they, Belichick has not had that like running you, back. You know why you don't know? Because it hasn't they're happened. Shit, they're garbage. Yeah, you don't yeah. know who they are. No, you're right. Anyway, go ahead. Um, damn it. No, I forgot what I was going to say. I'm sorry to interrupt That's you. Right. No, it's fine. You know, you know why? Because they're scoring 90 points in PPR every year. Right. Yes. That's why. Here's here, okay. So here's what's funny. Go ahead, but I have a point after that. Um, I was doing a draft a couple of weeks ago, and I don't like Sony Michelle. And um, I needed a running back because I had taken two early and I needed a third one. I, I concentrated on receivers and I got an elite tight end after that. And I didn't want to take Michelle. So I went another way. 
And then I needed to take another running back. And I didn't want to take Michelle, so I went another way. And then I needed another running back. Michelle was still out there at this point. This is like my number five. I'm like, I don't, there's no upside with this pick, but I just took him. I'm like, yeah. you know, whatever happens. And, and by the way, I don't even particularly like that pick as my five <laughs> with Sony Michelle as my running back. Go ahead and make your point. Well, so in the 2018 draft, Sony Michelle was drafted by the Patriots with the 31st overall pick. Mm-hmm. He, was a fir- he was a first round pick. And did he go to Alcorn State? No, Georgia. He went to Georgia, an SEC school. This guy, 5'10", 214, 45440, 22 bench press reps, whatever. Dude was yoked up, totally rocked up guy. He played with what, Chubb? He and Chubb played together? I think he started over Chubb, and I think he backed up Gurley. Yeah, so this guy, okay, he's a rock star coming out of college. And, if, and whether he managed to screw himself up or the Patriots screwed him up, whatever, He's not producing the NFL. I mean, maybe it's a combination of both. Yeah. The system is the system is the system, and it just doesn't work. I want nothing to do with Patriots running backs, except for the third down back, James, James White. James White, yep. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, he's had some, some – he's obviously had knee issues. I mean, he has tore his ACL, and I believe he tore his ACL in college. And, uh, and you know, now he has the foot thing. I mean, so many red flags. What's the point? Where, maybe, where's the green? I mean, maybe, maybe, seriously, though, maybe this year – Michelle does great. Maybe Damian Harris does great, and then they're becoming. But it's, you know, Damian honest, Harris is a day two pick too. Remember. But in all honesty, what are the odds, in your opinion, of a Patriots first and second down only back without Tom Brady being a top thirty running back? I mean, slim to none. I mean, James White actually has a good shot of being a an RB two, and he's he's cheap. Running back forty in the ninth round for James White. Yeah, right now. So yeah. 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 I mean, that, that's so cheap for James White. It really is. He's, I mean, and you can't tell me Jared Stidham or, or, or who's Brian Hoyer. Hoyer. You can't tell me they don't know how to dump it off to a guy three yards on the side. You don't have to know how to dump it off to be able to dump it off. Exactly. <laughs> Just toss it up there, James White. Dumping it off it. is like taking a dump. It's not that hard. No, exactly. All right, moving on. Dear Marshall and Edgerin, given your stance on rookies heading into this season, would you agree with me that Marlon Mack has a better draft value and should be targeted over Jonathan Taylor in redraft leagues. That is Paul and Brian Ohio with an interesting uh, philosophical question here. Dave, Marlon Mack currently going as the running back 38 at the 812. And then you have Jonathan Taylor, who's going much higher than that. Um, 312, running back 19. Huh. Who's, who's, who's the better value? Okay, now don't oh, yeah, that, wasn't too... the, that wasn't the question. What? What was uh, wasn't you... it? Wasn't the Value? It wasn't the, the better value. Would you one. agree with me that Marlon Mack has a better draft value and should be targeted over John Jonathan Taylor? Yeah. So who would you who would you rather have at that? At, or or is the right answer lock them both up at because they're you know Taylor's at the end of the third and Mack's in the early ninth or late eighth? Excuse me. Uh, I think for me, I I don't think I'm going to sink. You know, it's funny. You can get Le'Veon Bell, who is a three down guy after Taylor. You can get yeah. David Johnson, who ostensibly should be a three-down guy after him. Chris Carson um, a- a- after him as well. So I, I, it's, I'd, I'd, rather, I'd rather have Devin Singletary, too. I mean, to be honest, I'd rather have David Montgomery, who goes a round and a half or so later. Yeah, so does Singletary. He, yeah, and, and he's, these are the starters for their respective teams. I like Jonathan Taylor a lot in, from Dynasty perspective, but they still have to deal with Naheem Hines. We've talked about this last week. I mean, there's three backs to deal with, and you have a, a probable limited training camp. Maybe two preseason games. Um, I don't, you know, it, the, okay, to make the ar- other argument, uh, what if Jonathan Taylor is the next Adrian Peterson? What if he's a future Hall of Fame running back? 
In that case, Marlon Mack doesn't matter. Hines doesn't matter. And, and Taylor is the whole, he's the real deal. And he will then, if he, if he is that caliber of player, and if he does take that job and run with it, he will be a top five pick next year in redraft. And we will have all made a colossal mistake. <laughs> that, see, what, what I'm doing is what they call this a steel man argument. It's, it's the opposite of a strong, strong man. man yeah. yeah, you're making the, the, the strong argument for the other side. And that's their steel man argument. So, I mean, it, it can be, you can make that case, and it is possible. I mean, there's, but what are the chances? I don't know, 10%? Um, what do you think? I mean, what do you think, honestly? For Jonathan Taylor to be a top five, or that he. That so what, do you think, what do you think the odds are Jonathan Taylor is a top, let's say, seven rookie pick in 2021? Top so, seven redraft pick. In yeah, yeah, not rookie. Yeah, right. Such, um, yeah, redraft pick because yeah, of what he did. Ten percent, maybe. Ten percent. Yeah, maybe fifteen. I don't know. It's it's tough. But I mean, it, it they is, got a it, really good offensive line. It is there, a possibility. Too. It is a possibility. It is not yeah. impossible. And and the thing is, he could. I mean, again, I'm kind of contradicting myself. The first four or five weeks, he could kind of suck. But then, like the next eleven weeks, he could just crush it. And I think that's what people are viewing. Yeah. You know, I they the people taking Jonathan Taylor at that three four turn. I don't think other people are like, this guy's going to be, a, he's going to ball out week one and, and go on from that. I think you got to understand that it, it might be a little bit slow in the going in September, but come October, you know, the sky's the limit. All right, let's fly through these last two emails here. Maybe we won't even get to this last one. Uh, Will in West Palm Beach, Florida, who would you guys rather have in football guys draft this season? Brandon Cooks on a new team or Julian Edelman without Tom Brady? Great podcast. That is Will in West Palm Beach, Florida. I assume he's talking about our podcast. Um, Cooks or Edelman, Dave? Who would you rather have in, a, in, in an FPC? You, uh, you I'm like, going to say Cooks. He is actually – By I, the way, why is this guy drafting football, guys? He lives in West Palm Beach. He should be doing main events only. He's rich. <laughs> maybe, you're, you're rich. Maybe, he's in West Palm Beach. All right, so maybe he's doing FPCs now because he can't draft a main event right now. All right, that's that, fine. That could be it. Fine, just step up to main events. You're over at Mar-a-Lago probably hanging out. Cooks is actually – they're almost going back-to-back. Back. Uh, they are – I mean, for receivers, wide receiver 36, wide receiver 37 in the eighth round. I'm going to lean towards Cooks, I guess, because I don't see too much of a dynamic upside in Edelman. Um, but it's close. I mean, it, obviously. It is cool. I, actually, I like them both. Yeah. I wouldn't mind grabbing them both. I'll tell you what, in honor of Dave Evadisian and Jeff Hershorn, Brandon Cooks, baby, over Edelman. They yeah. don't like Edelman, neither do I. You know, I was going to ask David Evadisian, you know, his last name has always been interesting to me. He, he, he reminds me of, like, he should be a Star Wars character, and I realized why tonight, because of Lando Calrissian. Calrissian, yeah. Yeah. What is, what's the nationality of Evadisian? Do you have any idea? No idea. Speaking of nationalities, speaking of nationalities, they have final email tonight. Which tight end of Eastern European descent <laughs> really? is a better choice for me this season, oh, guys? Great. Mike Gesicki or Rob Gronkowski? Well, I'm the Pollock in the room. <laughs> this, so I, this is very good. Be very, this is Chris in Fife Lake, Michigan. Thank you, Chris, for the very timely email, apparently. Yeah. Um, who do you like better, Dave, Gesicki or Gronkowski this year? Who, who's, uh, who's more likely to win you some more kielbasas and pierogies? Is it Gesicki or is it Gronkowski? You know, Gesicki is kind of like a poser Polish last name. And Gronkowski is like a Hall of Fame SKI Polish, last name. The, This is a Kentucky team name for you, the Polish poser. Polish poser. I love that. Gronkowski is the real deal. I'm going to go with Gronk. I'm going to lean towards Gesicki just because I don't I, – I, I just – what? Bet, 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 bet. Oh, yeah, just straight up or what? Yeah, five bucks. I got five on it. I'll uh, take Gronk. Yeah, no, I, I guess I'll do that. So I got Mike well, Gusecki more FFPC, FFPC uh, points, yeah, obviously. Is the ADP about the same? You said? That's what I was going to check right now. I don't I want to screw you over here. Um, so Gusecki right now, 703, tight end 10. 
Uh, Rob Gronkowski, 802, tight end 11. That's fine. Let's have some fun. Okay, we will have some fun. I have Mike Kosicki outscoring Rob Gronkowski in the FFPC this year. I got five on it. I have Gronk and his boat party. I got five now, Gronk's uh, boat party for five bucks would be awesome. That, that would be <laughs> tremendous. Yeah. All right, so uh, that is going to do it for our show this week, ladies and gentlemen. Before we get out of here, I do want to uh, wish a couple of happy birthdays here, Dave. For, uh, seriously? What yeah, is seriously. Hold on. Good Morning America? Yeah. yeah local, I'm Willard local Scott. Weather, local weather show? Uh, Craig Magnuson, longtime FFPC player, made a good, nice little run in the FFPC main event last he year. He doesn't listen to this show. And Andrew Howard, our good buddy Andrew Howard, right. celebrating a birthday today. Oh, I'm hungry. So uh, in, in his honor, Dave, um, how many F-bombs would you like to throw in here tonight? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Can we square? No, don't do it. Um, he once paid. Okay, so should I tell? Yeah, tell the story. Sure. Yeah. So at in in uh, this is why you have to all come to Kentucky. Maybe you would tell the story better than me. Where, where well, I wasn't here. I heard it second. I wasn't right, there so for it. I heard it second. We're at a blackjack table, and it's like you know, two in the morning, and we're all drunk, whatever. And, and Howard was pounding Red Bulls and uh, vodka. Yeah, right? yeah, vodka Red Bulls, pounding them, and it's all the table. You know, we're packed in a blackjack table. He's on first base, and. The table to the to the right of him was completely empty. It just had chairs there, and he's you know he's betting or whatever, and he starts swearing here and there, and he's saying the f bombs, <laughs> and uh, the pit boss is like, oh you know you know take it easy, and you know and there's no one around, and it's all the table is all of us. We're all right, friends, yeah. and he's like, well how much can I you know how much how much can I tip, uh so I can say you know say the f word or whatever, and he's like oh you know what you know, like a dollar like a, a dollar an f word. Yeah, yeah, he throws like fifteen bucks out, and he goes. F, 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 like 15 times. It's yeah. just straight. It was so great. And then he goes, all right, I'm going to take a piss. And he gets up and he, <laughs> the best part he turns me. to the right and he can't escape the third base chair from the other blackjack table. So he's like fighting and battling with his chair and the third base chair. And he finally escapes out and he goes to the bathroom. Oh my God, we're all just dying laughing. Yeah. And, 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 and I was in a league with Howard the next day. And I found out his team name was I fought the chair and the chair won. And I'm like, what does that mean? And then he had to tell me the story. And then I heard it from you. I'm like, oh, man, I wish I uh, dude, that, was, that. that was so great. Andrew Howard, he'll be out in Vegas, too, I believe, this year. Um, yeah. He usually comes out there for that. So we'll see him in Kentucky. We'll see him in Vegas. And hopefully we'll see all of you out there as well. Oh, uh, I really want – by the way, if you ever – we had a dinner with him at Senior Frogs. What was the name of it? No, um, damn it. Uh, it was – Senior uh, Frogs. No, it was not. It was um, – Hugo Frogs. Hugo Frogs Hugo Chop Fro- House. Hugo Frogs Chop House in the, one of those casinos. Rivers Casino. Yeah, yeah in the, Chicago. The carrot cake was the, the one piece was the size of my head. I mean, we all split the piece. We've seen some big carrot cakes in our day. That was the biggest. No raisins. There was no raisins, yeah. It was, it was great. I'll tell you this. Not that I'm doing a commercial here <laughs> for Hugo Frogs uh, Chop House in Chicago. Good God. But we were great. down there for the NFL draft. Um, and um, Chilling with Jack Hahn. It was great. Yep, Jack Hahn was there and, and, and obviously Andrew Howard. But we, I had, I broke my nose on a glass door in the <laughs> Conrad Hotel in Chicago when we were staying down there. Which was a nice deal, by the way. And I didn't realize that it was broken. It just hurt like hell. And um, I, I sat through this dinner, and I was like, God, I don't want to sit through like a two and a half hour steak dinner. This is gonna suck. And to this day, ladies and gentlemen, the best steak dinner I've ever had in my life. I sat through with an untreated broken nose. That's how good the food is at Hugo Frog's Chop House. So real quick, Balky wakes me up at 3 in the morning, and he, and he goes to me. <laughs> we're doing story time. Yeah, I, yeah, sorry. I went to bed. He and Meyer would decide, like, oh, let's go. Two-packer. Yeah, two-packer. Two-packer, yeah. yeah. Oh, let's go and have some drinks. I'm like, I'm, hey, I'm going to bed. Sorry. 
And we couldn't find any place that was open. Everything was closed. We found a pizza place, and we're drinking scotch at this pizza place at, like, <laughs> 1 in the morning. That's great. I mean, I don't know how many mistakes are in that sentence. Yeah, no kidding. So you wake me up, and, that, you know, the, the bathroom has all this glass in it. So it's, uh, it's a real thick glass door that separates the actual yeah. – it, it divides the bathroom in two. Yeah, so you, you come you, – you're like, hey, am, am I okay? I'm like – he wakes me up at, like, 2.30 or 3. I'm like, what are you, what are you talking about? Are you, are you okay? And I get up and I no, I said, tell me I'm okay. Tell me I'm okay. I'm like, yeah, okay. I'm like, um, yeah, you look fine. I'm like, well, what? I go, what are you? Just some blood by your face? And then he goes, oh, we walk over to the bathroom, and I, I mean, it looks like you killed someone. I feel like I lost be, a lot of blood. I feel that like night. there should be a hooker that's dead or something, or some sort of. It's like um, Meyer was getting some uh, some like a lime. Thirteenth movie was, or something going on. There he was, was getting blood some all over. Bleach and lime. He was like, oh, I, I'm oh. already here, guys. Yeah, it's um, like the bathtub fell out of Breaking Bad or something yeah. like that, episode three. I mean, good gracious. I told you to go to Northwestern to get treated at their medical campus by all the, you know, all the college kids. It could have fixed your nose. You know what's funny is that was Thursday night. So Friday we went to the, we went to the museum, the modern art, right? Yeah, the, it's the Art Institute of Chicago. Art Institute of Chicago, that's get, what it you know, Get it right. And by the way... I was wanting to drag these, you know, cretins to some sort of... I had a broken nose. I didn't want to go anywhere. Meyer was... I had to drag him kicking and screaming. Oh, what is this? Like a, a white thing on the wall? You know, you get the modern art stuff? It's right, like a yeah. Canvas. And, and so after the Art Institute, then we kind of... We were going to go... We were going to the Sears Tower. We were going to go somewhere, and it was just too crowded. I mean, they have American Gothic, for Christ's yeah, sake. Yeah, great. Yeah, I, mean, I saw it. It's the best freaking picture. Fantastic, yeah. Anyway, yeah. And... So then we Although went. It's only like a nine by twelve. Yeah, and, and and so we went to the Sears Tower to go up there, and it was too busy. So then, of course, we are like, oh, we can't do Sears Tower. Let's go to Harry Carey's restaurant for a burger, <laughs> which is what we did then. Good. And then I think we just we went back and we started watching the draft um, at, at uh, Casino, and then we went to Hugo Frogs that night with Andrew Howard. And then first thing I did when we we left on Saturday, I went and saw the doctor, and and uh, they. they I just remember the woman coming in. I never broke my nose before in my life. And I remember the woman coming in after they took x-rays. She goes, congratulations. And I got excited. She's like, you just won yourself a fracture. I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> That's um, really funny. I've not heard that before. Then, yeah. And so then, there, you know, I was playing basketball at the time. And like, well, you, you can't play basketball for four weeks, which totally stunk. And then, you know, my kids never touched my nose. I didn't even tell them about it. And they're like, they're all constantly touching my nose. And I'm putting them to bed. I'm like, what are you doing? You yeah. know, you got to stay off my nose. You need, you need like one of those face masks, like, you know, I wasn't going to get a custom made face mask for four weeks of YMCA basketball. It <laughs> wasn't going to happen. Uh, All right. Christian. Thanks to uh, Dave Abadizzi and Jeff Hirshhorn. What a long birthday for Andrew Howard birthday wish. Uh, Dave Gerzak, the FFPC, Rob Rice, and of course, each and every one of you. We are going to be live next Friday at 10, 9 central. Seven time football guys champ Dominic Rohde will be our guest. Remember to book those nice. flights and rooms for Las Vegas. Get in on the main event early bird. He's Italian. The Football Guys Players Championship early bird is also live, ladies and gentlemen. Best Balls uh, Dynasty Startups also going on there, so make sure you're cashing in on that. And there is a uh, 12.30 a.m. Football Guys draft. I don't know how many people are in it. Yours truly will be commissioning. And uh, I'd love to see your draft tonight, so make sure you're getting in on that. MyFFPC.com. Thanks for listening, everybody. Your weekend starts now. This has now. been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. Down the plate, I'm saying hi to all the duties from around the way. Yeah, cause I got all of them strung, Jack. My girls are like boomerangs, no matter how far I throw them, they come back. I'm coming straight out to NYC. I'm down with digging in the crates, and I'm in VP. It's rap for
I don't believe in humble bragging anymore. I just need to say You know, quite a way to turn that into a team name. Um, you know, the other thing I didn't share, uh, or I don't think I shared about this, was um, um, I had, I remember hitting my nose and I got dizzy and I dropped to my knees in that hotel room and I was like, I'm just going to settle myself right here just compose myself just for a minute and i passed out and i and i looked at my fitbit the next day because it monitors my sleep and i was it'll tell you like the by the colors how deep your sleep was i was out cold man like it was like super deep sleep for like two and a half hours so i must have been unconscious you know for that i could have died and and then the you know the REM sleep but like this this deep sleep oh yeah the deep sleep yeah it was i I should have screenshotted that and saved it but in any event my roof uh, does that too Oh, there you go. Sorry to interrupt. We're doing commercials for everybody tonight. So the so then, um, you know, obviously there was blood all over, but the worst one was that big puddle of blood, and that's where it was leaking out of my nose, <laughs> right next to the to to the toilet in that room that night. I I came close to death, um, and celebrated with the best steak dinner I've ever had. Go check out Hugo Frog's Chop House at Beautiful Rivers Casino. Hey, they're open. They're doing curbside takeout, delivery, everything there. Hugo Frog's. We'll talk to you again next week. Ha, ha, ha.